Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Of course, a big signature piece of legislation for the liberals about uh, a year and four months ago was the legalization of marijuana. And then everybody said this was the new gold rush. Hasn't really turned out that way. I mean, uh, some people made some money, but geez, there have been a lot of CEOs who have stepped down or got canned, uh, had to walk the plank recently. And uh, then there's talk of new developments where cannabis cafes may actually be operational or at festivals they'd get special dispensation. Let's find out what's going on in that file. Mitchell Osak has joined us, partner, consultant, and uh, he's with the Cannabis. He's the Cannabis Advisory Lead with MNP LLP. Mitchell, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. My pleasure, John. Great to be here. Hey, Mitchell, what's going on with these uh, CEOs and executives like Terry Booth, the uh, chief executive of Aurora? Uh, Seven years, he put in like two and a half million of his own money in the startup, and uh, he's gone uh, as of last Thursday. Well, what's happening is Terry is is, uh, one of the latest of a whole bunch of CEOs and other senior executives that have voluntarily left or been exited from their licensed producers over the past six months or so. So his leaving is just a continuation of a trend that started uh, probably around last summer. All right, and so uh, what is that trend all about? Does it signal that there are some concerns in the cannabis industry? Well, that would be putting it uh, very mildly. There are a lot of concerns with the cannabis industry, um, and pretty much around the lack of profitability, and increasingly um, many of them are running out of money. And that traces to, you know, below expectations in terms of what they thought the sales would be nationally in Canada as well as internationally. So when you don't put up the numbers and you're the CEO, you're going to be held accountable, and that's what's happening right now. All right. Uh, They also axed 500 jobs involved with Aurora. Aurora was one of the first and one of the biggest to get in, right? That's correct. Um, They were one of the darlings, and still are, I think, of the uh, Canadian licensed producers. But they're not immune to the the reality of the cannabis industry, as well as the difficulty of uh, scaling up and running a billion-dollar cannabis company. It's not easy. All right. Uh, By the way, uh, since he had invested $2.5 of his own money, uh, where did that leave him when he exited on Thursday? Uh, Did he take a haircut, or did he come out a net winner? Well, I, I'm not his accountant, so I can't tell you for sure. Um, likely, I wouldn't be holding a tag date for Terry Booth, um, but he certainly is not exiting with the same kind of wealth that he would have exited six to nine months ago. But I wouldn't uh, be surprised if he's uh, pretty comfortable for the rest of his life. I see. Even though the stock is down about 75%. Even so. Okay. He had millions. He had millions of shares and millions of stock options, and he'll still be doing reasonably well. All right. Uh, there are some others here. I don't know if you know him, but uh, Adam Bierman with uh, MedMen Enterprises out of L.A. Uh, who was the other? Sundial Growers, Torsten Kunzlin. Uh, yes. All these guys basically told to walk the plank. Right, and uh, and to be perfectly frank. Um, 
in many cases, and not singling out anybody, it was justified. Um, when you hype up a stock and you, you know, predict a fortune for all your investors and you don't come close, this is what happens. In other cases, I mean, it's like a, a, a tide that goes out and it leaves all the, um, the ships on the sandbar. And that's what we've seen here. So there's, there's a function of bad luck for some of these CEOs. And the reality is it's hard to fight the fact that there's not enough stores in Ontario and Quebec, which represents 60% of the national volume in Canada. And if there were enough stores, because the provincial government recently announced, rather than just do a lottery and, uh, you know, I guess a second tranche was recently completed, they would just uh, make this opportunity available to anybody who could show credibly they could operate a business. And if they had a clean enough background, uh, wasn't that pretty much the new uh way uh, of doing things here in the province of Ontario, is that still going to come to pass? It will come to pass, and that's certainly um, a very bright spot um, on the cannabis landscape. The problem is, is that the, the Ontario government can only license a maximum of 20 stores per month. So if you start doing the math, and that begins in April of this year, it's going to take years before we have anywhere near enough stores to be able to put a significant dent, um, one, into the black market, and two, to lift a lot of these cannabis companies out of their dire straits and to, and to make, in general, the industry very profitable. So it's going to be a tough going in 2020 for many of these licensed producers, and I'm not optimistic for many of them that they'll survive it. Oils and edibles didn't give it a tick to the upside or uh, rosier prospects going forward? They absolutely did. But the reality is it's still a drop in the bucket. Um, the Ontario Cannabis Store um, launched 70 edibles products um, when edibles became legal. That's an impressive number, and they quickly sold out in many places. The challenge is, is that the flower market you know, is in the millions and tens of millions of dollars. The edible market will take a couple of years to get to that, and it's, these products are still relatively untested in the marketplace. So we don't have a good sense, and neither do the licensed producers, which products will sell and which products won't. So I wouldn't be surprised if the new edibles products had a pretty bumpy road for 2020. Yeah, some of the licensed producers had to uh, figuratively, I guess, eat the product. There were a lot of returns on that. Uh, anybody making money like these dispensaries, the individual retailers, are they doing okay? So, you know, I'm glad you asked that because when, when we're asked about the uh, fortunes of the industry, we like to quote Charles uh, Dickens, and, you know, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. Certainly from a public market perspective, Lots of firms like Canopy and Aurora are taking a valuation haircut, without a doubt. And, and some valuations are down a lot more than 75%. But what we're seeing is that there's a plethora of small and medium-sized growers and edibles companies that are actually making uh, great product, putting up strong revenues, and in some cases are very profitable. So the problem is those companies don't hit the headlines the auroras hit the headlines. So it's easy to, to look at this industry and say it's in a complete funk. The reality is the industry continues to grow, and there's a lot of amazing innovation both from a product and a growing side coming into the market every single day. So what you're saying is it's still if you're in the right position or play your cards right and uh, know what you're on about, it's a good business to get into. Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be? You know, people have been consuming cannabis for thousands of years. I mean, 
it's like saying when uh, when alcohol was legalized again after prohibition and there was all these issues in Ontario around it being sold through public stores was publicly sold alcohol ever going to make it big well we know how much it's made it big it's all part of our fabric and we have a high performing government monopoly in Ontario that does very well thank you very much and puts up billion billions of dollars in profit we will get there in the cannabis industry it'll just take a little bit longer than everyone thought but we will get there all right. As the industry matures, Mitchell Osak is with us, partner, consultant, cannabis advisory lead with MNP LLP. Got to ask you about uh, something that was reported today. Cannabis lounges in cafes being considered. Uh, I don't know what that means. Maybe you can clarify, but it sounds like the old smoking lounges that some some proprietors would have to set up. And, uh, you know, people would sit there in the corner in an enclosed booth and smoke to their heart's content. Can you see that happening in the province? Um, I can see it happening. The question is when. Um, the issue I have with it is I, I, uh, the government's got a lot on its plate right now in terms of um, regulating and legalizing all these additional stores we talked about a couple of minutes ago. So the key question is, do they have the bandwidth? to now start exploring and legalizing cannabis lounges. I think it's a great idea. I think it's going to give a badly needed boost to the industry, particularly particularly cannabis beverages, which could be consumed in a a bar-like format, but without alcohol. You're not allowed to consume cannabis and alcohol in the same place or sell it. But the government right now is reaching out um, and, and publicly consulting cannabis companies as well as the public. So this is going to be a long process, and my only concern is that it distracts the government from licensing these new stores, because that's what's needed today to kickstart the cannabis industry in Ontario and Quebec. So what you're saying is there would be consumption on the premises, whether it's flour, edibles, or whatever, uh, they would serve it up and basically just like a bar might with alcohol. Uh, Or a brew pub. Right. Theoretically, but without alcohol. The Health Canada regulations are very clear that they do not want uh, cannabis sold with alcoholic beverages. In some provinces, I think New Brunswick is one of them, you do have that. But the reality is I think when you end up with a cannabis lounge, um, it will be in a complete distinct facility without alcohol being sold. But it's very early right now to speculate on what that consumption model will be and where it will be and how it will be rolled out. I was going to say, I mean, you wouldn't be able to smoke your uh, joint in that kind of an establishment. And if you do, I mean, what's with cigarettes and cigars? You can't do that, but you can with cannabis. Precisely. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of regulations that the the Ontario government is going to have to get around. So right now, as, as you know, you can't smoke in a bar. So if you can, if you can't smoke tobacco, but you can smoke Um, cannabis, what other additional regulations are you going to have to change outside of Bill C-45, the Cannabis Act? Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, Even before this thing was legal, I said to myself, you watch, the government's going to put a push on for this kind of thing, uh, but cigar ciggies, no no go, because they don't get their pound of flesh as they do with with the cannabis. Uh, It may seem like it's a, I don't know, (sighs) it's not a, a level playing field. Uh, Mitchell, I no, appreciate. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it's a dog breakfast in terms of you know jurisdictions, federal, provincial, municipal. So it's going to take a long time to untangle this. But again, I'm confident that over years, 
they will be able to figure that out because the amount of monies available both for the hospitality industry as well as tax revenues will be significant. Yep, I wouldn't disagree with you on that at all. Mitchell, I appreciate your time as always. Thank you, John. All the best. You got it. Mitchell Osak, Partner Consultant, Cannabis Advisory Lead with MNP LLP. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.